Hello, happy Thanksgiving. Hi, Mom. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hi, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Who are you and what are you, uh, what kind of projects are you working on? <laughs> I'm uh, Mary Peck. Hi, Mary Peck. Mm-hmm. Hi, and I'm, uh, <laughs> and I'm working on, uh, right this minute, I'm uh, cleaning my plant of a fungus. <laughs> Oh, getting uh, rid mealy, of mealy bugs. Mealy bugs oh, on my uh, beautiful palm. On my beautiful palm, oh, and evidently man. has spread to others. So oh. I'm talking to you while I do that. Okay. Because sometimes I can think better when I'm working. Okay. What are you working on currently besides your mealy bug situation? Oh. Well, thank you for asking. <laughs> of course. I'm uh, wor- I'm working on starting my own business. Funked you. Say what? Yeah. What did you say? Bumped you. Excuse me? Not with an N. <laughs> Can you spell that out? Give me those letters. F U N K U dot com. F U N K U dot com. Funk you. Funk you? Funked. F U N K E D. Sorry. F U N K E D U dot com. F U N K E D U dot com. Yeah. And what is. Funked you. Funked you is a uh, <laughs> platform for um, personal development uh, targeted to women. Cool. Uh, specifically, cool. and um, how to help them get out of their funks. Nice. Whatever that funk might be. Do you be. think a lot of women are in a funk? I do. I think that uh, we have been in a funk for. As long as there have been women. <laughs> um, <laughs> not by our own doing. Oh. Um, but, but as a byproduct of society, you know, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, it's funny, I watched a Helen Reddy documentary the other day, and Helen Reddy's the one who sang, originally sang the song, I Am Woman, Hear Me Roar. Oh, I didn't know that was a song. Oh, yeah. All this time, I didn't know. Okay, yeah. all right. And uh, she did it um, in the 60s okay. when, there, when the women's rights movement was really gaining traction. And to this day, the women's rights movement, we still have not um, gotten the... Um, gotten the... Gotten to where we want to be. Yeah, yeah, we still haven't gotten to where we want to be. Yeah, where do we want to be? What, what needs to change still? Uh, legislature still hasn't changed yeah. to where they they haven't ratified the equal rights amendment, um, and so they they're still not. It's not in the constitution that women would be treated equal to men in mm. all cases. You think it should be? Yes. Can we change the constitution now? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Make amendments to the constitution. Okay. So. Um... Wait, who was that? The the Helen um, Reddy. Helen Reddy was the singer. Yeah. So what? Okay, tell me more about your um, website. Oh, well, my website um, is just getting developed. I'm just starting it. I've been freelancing for the last couple of years for somebody else, mm-hmm. and haven't had time to work on it that much. But it'll um, it'll be programs geared towards women. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, personal development programs, training programs mm-hmm. on how to improve virtually every area of your life from like self, from self esteem to, um, how to, uh, communicate, uh, conflict resolution, mm-hmm. how to, you know, deal with difficult people, how to, so, can, so these are, these, um, classes are for primarily for women or yes. men and women. They'll be targeted to women first. Um, and then if at some point, you know, I feel like I want to branch out to include men, I'm not trying to exclude men. Mm-hmm. It's just that I think that women have different barriers than men do. Mm-hmm. And so I want to target the message to the mm-hmm. challenges that women face. Okay. So how um, are the, what kind of price range are these classes? Is it p- do they pay per class or do they I haven't decided get a all that bundle? Yet. It's okay. probably going to be a bundle. Okay. Um, so there probably will be some that are individual courses where you can take on a pay-per-view at, for like less than six bucks 
a course and okay. then there'll be programs that okay. might range to 500 or 1500 you know mm -hmm. so I, and every price and price point in between so in addition to that I'm doing some personal coaching with women nice where um, I'm I'm spending twice a month um, in, with them on the phone or mm -hmm. zoom calls mm -hmm. and and we literally talk through what's stopping them and coming up with strategies and plans to overcome that nice and who are you what is your authority on this topic funny it's funny that we always worry about that uh, that's we worry, true what are your credentials we worry about our credentials being good enough so it's one yeah. of the many things that women maybe everybody worries about I don't know because I'm not a man were you but, worried about that when you started this yes what okay yeah. but tell us your background so that um so my background or I guess what qualifies me for this yeah. I don't know it's number one I'm a woman yeah and I'm and I'm a woman who's overcome a lot of obstacles right yeah that are not maybe um typical some are very typical some are not typical at all for women you know? or so, typical yeah how? for women yeah okay um and those obstacles started in my early childhood you know yeah. and then continued you know through marriage divorce and mm -hmm. corporate life and all of that and the and in addition to that I have a master's degree in organizational and human development mm -hmm. so um, I know all about training and how to help people change things right nice yeah. so not to mention the fact that I'm a lifelong learner and yeah. um, I've probably read enough to get me five more degrees. And, you, <laughs> and you've been in the male-dominated field for a long time, right? So. I have worked in male-dominated industries. I'm not sure why I was drawn to male-dominated industries, but um, I was. And it brought with it its own challenges of being a woman... Well, Being one of very few women in leadership positions in male-dominated industries. Aren't most industries male-dominated? No. Healthcare would be female-dominated. Okay. Nurses. Um, yeah. And, and um, uh, education is predominantly female-dominated. Okay. Uh, so, so there are, and there's other ones that are more, I would say anything that's like caregiver type role or mm -hmm. you know even a massage or or a <laughs> massage, massage. Um, or a, um, yeah there's all kinds of industries that are female restaurants would be more female you know or mm. yeah okay so uh, is that your main focus right now you have any other projects that you're working on not worth talking about no you got your big your big lush garden in the back. I guess it's probably winterized it's now. It's winter. It's, yeah. it's asleep. Yeah. I put it all to bed for the winter. Are you going to do anything with that? I know you talked about... No. Uh, this past farmers year... Farmers and stuff like that. No. This past year, I embarked on a journey to, <laughs> to grow enough food to live on yeah. for a year, which I did a pretty damn good job <laughs> Yeah, that. you did. Um, but I found that... It's a lot of hard work, yeah. <laughs> and as much as and when I left corporate, I think I wanted to be as far away from corporate as I could, and so yeah. that meant full time gardening. Yeah. And now I found that I need some sort of middle ground equilibrium there. What role did just wanting to be more independent play in that? Was that part of it, or or did you just kind of want to do it for something different? I think at the time I wanted to make sure that I had a way to take care of myself so I wasn't dependent upon a corporate salary. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to know that I could take care of myself mm -hmm. and, uh, and point proven. So moving on. <laughs> nice. Check that box. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk about, I know we, we talked before about how, um, I said to you how um, you've always been very outspoken, and when you speak, you speak with conviction, and you make sure that you are heard. What um, what does that like? How does that relate to your his your work history? And was that something that you 
had to do to adapt or is that something that has always been part of your personality or why do you think so many women kind of struggle with that or why do you think it comes easier to you um i would i'm going to answer your question with the question first and then i'll answer it okay so if i recall when you made that statement to me um you said it was something that you appreciated about me yeah and i'm wondering why um, I think it's rare, and I, I think that it's not encouraged oh. for women to... I think part of it has to do with, you know, you're a tall woman, and you kind of fill up a room when you walk in. You just stand tall, like most tall women kind of slouch and we try and shrink and fit into the room instead yeah. of taking up space. And I think you're really good at um, taking up space and... Um, just making sure that you're heard. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, I don't know how far back you want me to go. <laughs> when I was five. Yeah. <laughs> so first, I, I think I'll say first that the whole time I was growing up, I was really shy. And um, this was not part of my personal personality. Yeah. And you had um, a lisp, right? I had a lisp. Yeah. Um, and had to have speech therapy. I didn't even really start talking until I was five. Okay. And um, because of my It was lisp, when you were five. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it was when you were five. <laughs> well, well, no, I didn't I didn't start to even speak out loud because I would get teased yeah. uh, because of my lisp. And um, I don't know when I started speech therapy, maybe seven or eight, but still we moved every single year, and um, I was bigger than the other kids my whole life. And so, you know, I never we never stayed anywhere long enough to actually get to know anyone or to make friends. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was super shy. Mm-hmm. And my brother was like the good-looking one who was always really popular. Or mm-hmm. That's kind of how I saw it at mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, so I wasn't born this way. Huh? <laughs> but but um but it was a conscious deliberate process um starting when it. when did you decide that this was something that you needed to to be or you, to do I don't know that you can get this in one in one podcast but my <laughs> my journey of personal fulfillment or personal development yeah started in my early 20s and I think this is an important point because um, up until that time I thought I was destined to just be broke poor and Mm -hmm. have a shitty life Mm -hmm. you know because that's what I had seen Mm -hmm. and that's what I had had so far Mm -hmm. so my parents died um, were both gone by the time I was 18 Mm -hmm. I mean it was one hardship after another Mm -hmm. I was Pain. I was working on my own through high school, and everything I had experienced in life was just really pretty shitty. And so, I so up until the time that I experienced personal development or or self help books is what they call them now. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. um, I thought I was destined to that life, and then my mind was blown when I opened up this world to uh, started with the power of positive thinking. And then um, uh, Tony Robbins. I was a big fan of Tony Robbins. Mm-hmm. And, and as I started consuming this type of material, mm-hmm. then it started me to thinking that, oh, I can be more. I can be mm-hmm. different than who I am right now. Mm-hmm. I don't have to continue to be that person I was mm-hmm. in high school. I don't even have to be the person I was last week. Um, I can change who I am today, you know, and be something different. So I decided who I wanted to be, Mm -hmm. and then I started taking steps to be that person. So Nice. So so do you remember at what point you decided to start speaking up? Yeah. um, I think as my confidence grew, and I started um, getting, like, promotions in my career and I was almost done I didn't get my bachelor's degree till I was 30 Mm -hmm. and um, 
Um, I, and so my confidence started growing with my degree and with my education education and, mm-hmm. and with promotions as I would get jobs, as I would mm-hmm. master new skills, mm-hmm. I would get more confidence mm-hmm. and then I would just start <clears throat> to speak up a little bit more. But mostly I became a student of what seemed to work for others. Mm-hmm. So I watched mm-hmm. what worked for others and I didn't think in my head, like if I saw a guy and how he was a leader Mm -hmm. and how he behaved in meetings and things like that, Mm -hmm. I never thought in my head like, well, but I'm a woman, I can't do that. I just thought that's how you should act. And so then I I would try to do that. Nice. So do you think most women don't speak up? Yeah. Yeah. I think most people, most women feel less than and do you think it benefits men for us to feel less than absolutely <laughs> yeah i mean do you think yeah. it would benefit men for for them do you think it would benefit men if we felt actually equal uh i do think it would benefit them but i i think it would also scare them in general right um i think in some ways I mean, it's kind of like what we've seen as a nation recently, the the fear of, you know, of if other races are allowed to be promoted, then where does that make me, the white man, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, now uh, I actually have to excel. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and, and actually the interesting thing is they've been told all their life that they excel and that they are the best. So that, that confidence has been instilled in them in an early age Mm -hmm. and they've, and they've had it their whole life talking to each other, you know, although there might be some competition, they, they feel number one, Mm -hmm. you know, right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so they're kind of raised to dominate you know, and to have women be equal, Mm -hmm. it has created a lot of confusion, I think, for guys, because... Oh, so if they, if we can play the same role, then that makes them question what role they... What is their role? And and I remember... We can't both play the same role? Well, I remember it being uncomfortable for guys. I remember guys telling me, because I was one of the few females in a male-dominated environment, things like... They didn't know how to treat women anymore. They didn't know if they were supposed to open the door for them. Hmm. They didn't know, like, if we're supposed to treat them equal in the workplace. I've heard that. Does that mean I slap them on the ass when I walk by? Because that's what they do with each other in a football, you know, in a a locker room. Hmm. There's... That's a normal thing that guys would do, mm. you know, or punch each other as they walk by, by, you know, I mean, that's a normal kind of guy thing that they would do. Mm-hmm. So, so it, it conjured up all those questions for them. Like, what does that mean? Treat equal, you know, and, um, and they couldn't mm. really discern. I don't, I could see by your face that. I mean, you, I'm just thinking, obviously you don't slap them on the ass or punch them. I don't know I, why I think that, that was would... obvious to us. I'm not sure it was obvious to them. I think that's a cop out. It might be, um, but I, if they but can't I understand know, that, I do know that they weren't sure how to handle things. So, for example, guys don't typically, and this is you know right, wrong, or indifferent. Guys don't typically cry in the workplace. Mm-hmm. You know, right? Do women so? Don't... Yeah, I mean, women handle their emotions differently. Women can't cry in the workplace because we're judged for doing it. But what guys do when they get upset in a meeting mm-hmm. is they slam their hand on right. the table. Anger is acceptable. Or they yell. Yeah. Or, yeah, anger is accepted. Mm-hmm. Where women, we don't tend to do that kind of thing. And instead, we get it goes inside mm-hmm. and it might come out as silence mm. or as tears mm-hmm. because we don't slam our fists we're so on the frustrated. table. We yeah. don't know how to yeah. yeah, so then they don't know how to deal, you know, they they struggle with how to deal with that. Mm-hmm. So So but it sounds like then that we should both we're both in a place where I mean, both of those examples sound like people who don't know how to manage their emotions, right? A guy who slams his Whatever. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then a woman crying. I mean, or they need a minute to figure out how to deal with their emotions or... 
I mean, it needs to be okay for all of us to say, you know, I'm going to step out. For yeah, absolutely. And come back. Is that not okay? Uh, no, I don't think it's that was always okay. No. It might be okay now. Okay. It hasn't always been okay. Yeah. There is an expectation now that people contain their emotions in the mm. workplace. But the reality is that work and life overlap greatly. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are times you get a phone call at work mm-hmm. that is upsetting, you know, um, while you're at work. Mm-hmm. There are times that... Um, that you're having to work a lot more than you should have to. Mm-hmm. And so you're away from your family more, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that's going to impact you in one way or another. I mean, it's, it's, it's not, you can't compartmentalize from eight to five. I only deal with work. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to control my emotions. And then after five, I only work with home. Right. That's not the nature right. of work anymore. Yeah. Used to be. So, um, aside from speaking up, um, I don't know if I fully answered your question about that. You asked, uh, when we talked the other day, you asked for what are some specific things you did to help you teach, to help you learn to speak up. And I mentioned a few things like going into a meeting and how all the men sat at the table. Oh yeah. You know, other examples of times where you've had to, times where you've had to speak up. Uh, And when you weren't quite confident about it yet, like in the beginning stages of you standing up for yourself and kind of taking space, what, what were some of the kind of like awkward moments where you're kind of starting to speak up for yourself, but at the beginning or early stages? And you were talking like, like what you were just about to say. Well, I, I think sometimes it's speaking up and sometimes it's actions. Um, and that example was an action and, and I, and the action was that when I was early in my career and in a male dominated industry, we'd have these big boardrooms mm-hmm. and there'd be one giant table. We'd have daily meetings mm-hmm. and there would be 30 people in the room, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, the 10 top level leaders, mm-hmm which were all white men, would sit at the table. Mm-hmm. And everybody else would sit in chairs around the table. And it wasn't assigned that way. It there just was happened. no assignment. Okay. It was just... And actually, the people who got there earliest mm-hmm. tended to be the ones who sat on the outside of the table because um, they weren't in as many meetings. So they got there early, but they still wouldn't sit at the table, mm-hmm. you know, because it was like an unspoken rule that the top leaders sit at the table, you know, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so one day I decided, you know, as part of my continued growth, you know, I was like, well, wait, I was invited to this meeting mm-hmm. as a contributor. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, th- and it started with they invited me as a guest, like they wanted me to speak on a specific topic. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, I just decided, well, they invited me, so I'm going to sit at the table. And, um, <laughs> so you sat at the table so with I sat the leaders at the table. of the meeting. Yeah. I sat at the table, and everybody, and I did get a few looks, and I actually, the more <laughs> senior leaders smiled at me, and um, but some of the other people were like, look, some of the other guys would look at me like, damn, Mary, that's ballsy, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> who told you to sit at the table, yeah. you know, and, um, wait, did she get invited to sit yeah, at the table? <laughs> yeah. Should I, I be worried? I yeah. didn't tell her to sit at the table. <laughs> <laughs> and, and even if there were empty seats at the table, the people who sat around the room would not sit at the table. Hmm. And, um, yeah. But nobody like ever a, said anything. It was just kind of a move, a power move. Yeah, and then after that, it became normal for me to sit at the table. They expected it, Hmm. you know. So um, I think that people treat you how you think you deserve to be treated. Yeah, how you act like you... Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't have to say anything in that case. I just had to behave a certain way. Yeah. Did anyone ever come ask you? Who do you think you are sitting at the table? I think there was one guy that he and I were both like up and comers at the same time. We were both being quickly promoted. Mm -hmm. And I think he might have like ribbed me about it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, if you're sitting at the table, why wouldn't I? You know? (laughs) Oh, he was sitting. Okay. He was there. He was sitting at the table. Yeah. Sorry, the dog toy. <laughs> this will be good Lily. practice for you. <laughs> yeah, so. Okay, so. 
And then we were talking the other day about um, competition among women in the workplace. Do you feel like oh, that's yeah. a detriment or helpful? And no, I think that's a detriment. Yeah. Um, and, and it's kind of, women are kind of competitive. Yeah, they're kind of competitive outside of work too, right? Yeah. yeah. I, think, um, I think, you know, as women, we can be very petty and... Um, and, I don't know who uh, you're talking about. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, and highly competitive without even thinking about it. So, mm-hmm. you know, even guys who are comedians, for example, they'll talk about how the women are checking out the other women, mm-hmm. you know, right? Mm-hmm. And comparing themselves to the other women. Oh, yeah. And that's competition. We're always... But we've been we've been kind of trained that way because mm-hmm. of magazines and media and things like that, we've been told that all other women are our competition, right? Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, when that carries over into the workplace, we aren't rising, we aren't helping each other up. Mm -hmm. We're instead fighting each other for roles. We're undermining each other because there's so few roles that go to women that, um, that then we're like, you know, we pretend to be each other's friend, but we're not really, Mm -hmm. really, we want the promotion. And, and, um, it's, it's a very challenging place to work so the jobs are actually scarce that's part of the need for competition i mean yeah because not only is it just kind of how we are outside of work you know we're kind of dealing with that anyway you think men pit us against each other or that we're actually competitive with each other by nature I think women compare themselves to other women a lot more than men, but I think men are equally as competitive. But so why do why can men form like their little boys club and and women haven't quite or is that a thing? Is there like a women's club that I just don't know about? No, I think uh, and and I don't the boys club is really like it's an interesting. I think it's been ingrained like for hundreds of years right. of them being in the workplace and that we pick who we want to be surrounded by yeah. and that's our little club right. you know and we help each other promote up and right. we have each other's back and all of that I, I've experienced lots of boys clubs right um, so how do they keep are, are they competitive with each other within that group or how do they keep each other up no, without I, hurting each other I think that I think I think there's some competition. I know that there's some competition with them, but mostly it's about, hey, if I get promoted, you're going to come along with me. Right. You know, right? So I got your back, man. I'll I'll uh, make sure that you yeah. that you come with me. So there's right. usually one who's a little bit higher yeah. level than the others who's like bringing them along. Um, and women aren't like that. We just don't, we don't think that way. Right. We don't. Yeah, we aren't... um, We could change that, though. Well, I don't... I think if we were to change it, what we needed to change was to have it be more equal where guys didn't have... I mean, I used to joke that all the really important... And they still joke about this. Important decisions are made on the golf course and the men's bathroom. In the the place where the guys go. Mm -hmm. In the strip club. You Mm -hmm. know, wherever it is that they go without women. Yeah. And that would have to change in order for us to change it. Well, you can't really stop them from having those conversations, right? No, but they are the ones in power, unfortunately, you know. But I think women, as women, we could certainly help each other along way more. Right. Wouldn't wouldn't the solution be that once you get to the top, you bring up some other women that that, um, helped you get to where you are? Yeah. So why do you think that didn't happen more when you were in the in the corporate world well it's funny because i i worked in male-dominated environments so there weren't i never really worked for any women oh i worked for men yeah you so you didn't there weren't just there just weren't any women to socialize with uh -uh. yeah there weren't any women who who had my there were very few women in leadership Mm-hmm. in senior leadership positions mm-hmm. and so it was but I do believe that those women were helping other women along and I, I know I was mm-hmm. you, you know I was, I was looking for the women and 
I remember there was a girl who worked for me, a, a young woman who worked for me, mm-hmm. um, at one of my earlier jobs, and I was in leadership position, and I was always talking to her about her self-confidence and what she was worth, because she had so much capability, but she lacked confidence in her ability to do things. So. Do you think it was? Do you think it wore on her to just be around, to be a minority in a, in the male, like being in a male-dominated field, just being around all kinds of men, and the, the feeling of that of just feeling like, objectified and. Oh, I didn't think and, about that. Yeah, I mean, but do you think that wore on her confidence? Absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, because you're objectified and you're um, you're you're questioning every time you get a promotion. Did I get a promotion because I was the best person, or because they think I'm hotter than that, or you know, than somebody else, or because you know they think they're going to get somewhere with me? Do you think um, more attractive women are promoted more often or less often? More often. Or are they kept in? Less okay. No, I think I think if you're not attractive, yeah, you have a harder time getting promoted. Okay. If you're attractive and smart, you've got a much greater opportunity to get promoted. Okay. Um, if you're attractive, maybe not that smart, but people like you. Yeah. Then you'll get promoted. You Mm. know. Um, but yeah, if you're not attractive but you're super smart, really hard to get promoted. I would have thought they would take less attractive people more seriously because they're not distracted by the. Yeah. No. They looks. like. They like having attractive women around them. <laughs> in you know. in high positions, though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, if you look around or if you take a look at, you know, just society as a whole, mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, you look at all the corporations in existence now and the women who are in senior leadership positions, they're all attractive. Mm-hmm. They're attractive, they're fit, they're, um, they're people, so, you know, guys are, they, they equate kind of the corporate environment to sports, you know, and um, it's kind of like if you didn't grow up in team sports, you can't really understand corporate. Hmm. And it's there's a lot of truth to that. It's a lot like sports. Hmm. It's like you have your star players, you have your, you know, you're on these teams and then you're mm-hmm. fighting these other teams and then when they move to a different department, they're no longer part of your team and so now they're on the other team and there's have- there's a lot of it's highly competitive yeah. like sports. Um, and a lot of their analogies mm-hmm. are like sports. Mm-hmm. Um, so the women who tend to rise up mm-hmm. um, are women who are athletic hmm. and who have a background in, um, in sports in some way, in corporate environments. Hmm. Yeah. Do you think that's a positive thing that we view corp- the corporate world as like re- in relation to sports? No. I, I don't know that it's positive or negative. It just is. Okay. Um, but the women who succeed in it mm-hmm. tend to have a athletic background. Hmm. What do you think about um, females entering? Um, do you know about STEM? Was it science, technology? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Math, uh-huh. mathematics. Yeah, I think that's science, technology, engineering, math. Yeah. I think that's right. What do you think about? Um, what What do you think prevents more girls from entering those kinds of fields? Oh, I think right. it's Those are just every fields. yeah. It's yeah. because of of the feeling of it, it's because when these and 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 I think that stigma is going away, but when girls are younger, mm-hmm. I mean, I can take you as an example. Mm-hmm. You were really good at math when you were young, right? And then at some point, you decided that wasn't a good thing to be good at, mm-hmm. you know, and um, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. either because. And, and you made a, it's like you made a decision and I could see it, you know, in you, you made a decision, this was not something I'm, I'm going to be good at. And I think for a lot of young girls, your age, mm-hmm. at least, um, when they were young, there was a stigma attached to a girl being good at math and science. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to counter or I'm going to add to that. 
teachers statistically mm -hmm. did not encourage math and science in girls as they did in boys. So mm -hmm. there's all kinds of statistics around that, that they could take students who um, not just, you know, how girls and boys were treated differently, but also how when a teacher believes that a, a child failed a, the prior grade, mm -hmm. how they treat them in the current grade. So they treat people differently based on what they believe about that student, you know. So I think girls have not been encouraged in the past, or at least in your generation, to, to do that. Where now, thanks to STEM, I think it's been a really great thing mm -hmm. because it's kind of put a, a highlight on that that, no, it's okay for girls to be, mm -hmm. it's not only okay, it's encouraged for them to be good at math why and would, science. Why would teachers not encourage girls to be good at math and science? Well, because like when I was young, mm -hmm. it was more like, well, maybe before my time. Mm -hmm. When women entered the workforce, if you think about it, women haven't really been in the workforce other than in menial labor mm -hmm. jobs or secretarial like jobs. The 80s, 70s? Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. And, um, and so they were groomed to be really good secretaries. Mm. You know, you don't need math and science to be a good secretary. Don't, pretty, don't worry your pretty little head. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, so do you think that naturally um, women aren't interested in those subjects? Or that it's it's about influence. It's influence. Yeah. Do you think that they're they have the same kind of capabilities? Yes. Yeah. They just don't have the same opportunities or the. Same... They haven't been nurtured. Yeah. Yeah. Those those capabilities. It's kind of like if you take a a child mm -hmm. that hasn't been nurtured prior to starting school to learn to read, or right. that school's good, or learning to read, or learning. Mm -hmm. you know, any of those things, then they don't do as well in school. Mm -hmm. Same same applies. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I was in school, I remember the only math class I had to take in high school was Algebra 1 mm -hmm. because somebody had made a decision that I was not college material. Hmm. And um, so they put me on the just get her graduated track. Wow. You know, yep. and, um, and that hurt me for the rest of my life. Yeah. You know, I mean... That was a track for... That, yeah. that generation, mm -hmm. like just let's just finish high school. Yeah, yeah. Get her through high school. Hmm. Get her an MRS. Were there MRS? <laughs> were there many women on the college-bound path? Some were, but mostly it was because um, either they figured that they could get a sports scholarship, mm -hmm. or they had parents with money. I mean, that's how they decided that. And since I was, like, putting myself through high school, mm -hmm. you know, they were like, she doesn't have any money. Mm -hmm. She does, I mean, I did okay in school. I passed, but I was working a job third shift. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like I could be de dedicated to my classes mm -hmm. like others. So with your, um, with your website and your classes that you're going to be teaching, uh -huh. are they mostly going to be directed towards... Um, Women that are in the workforce already, or women starting at what age? Um, actually, I see them as, as helping women of all ages, young women. I would really love to help high school age okay. young women, you know, um, but I will probably start with those with courses only because it's what I know the best right now from ages like 30 to 55, you know, okay. and the... And not necessarily in the workforce. Um, I think life, okay. it's personal development, not professional development. Okay. So, and you used to be in the corporate world for, would you say, 20 years? 30. 30 years? Yeah. Why did, can I ask why you decided to leave and what, how do you feel about your decision? When did you decide to leave? Why? I decided to leave 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't do it until... But I didn't do it yeah. until two years ago. Okay. And... Um, Were you suffering for those eight years? No. <laughs> I. It was a strategic decision. Okay. So um, I, I am not married, and so I knew that I had to have... Um, what was important to me was to have enough money... She's single. <laughs> it was important to me to not have to worry to give myself at least a year yeah 
to start my own business. Mm -hmm. So I needed to have enough money to finance the business mm -hmm. as well as live for mm -hmm. a year. Mm -hmm. So um, I had a lot of debt to pay off. So it took me, so I took jobs and promotions to further me towards that goal. And then once I hit that goal, I quit mm -hmm. and it just so happened that I started somebody I knew needed some help so I freelance I freelanced for the last mm -hmm. couple of years but now I'm ready to do my own thing. So even after you decided you were going to leave you still worked your ass off so you could leave even sooner or as soon as possible to get to your goal to feel comfortable leaving. Yeah, I actually even like I had a really good job with the railroad and Kansas City, a beautiful home and all of that. But um, I accepted a job in the middle of nowhere, um, Louisiana, mm -hmm. because it was more money, they would sell my house, and it would get me to my goal sooner. Mm -hmm. And um, so I thought, I can go, and I only had to do it for three years. Oh so my. I thought, yeah, I thought, I can do anything for three years. Whoa. I've done worse. And so I went there... That's a long time commitment. <laughs> well, they, I mean, it saved me so much money by having them sell my house. Right. And, yeah. and it took care of 250000 worth of debt, yeah. you know. And, um, and then I lived, it allowed me to move into an apartment and put all of my energy into paying off my debt so that um, I could get where I wanted to be faster. Nice. And how, how, wasn't easy. Why did you decide you wanted to do that? Because um, corporate is soul sucking. <laughs> <laughs> What's a soul? <laughs> yeah. So uh, because I came to realize that there was, in order to win, air mm -hmm, quote, mm -hmm. in corporate, mm -hmm. you literally had to be an ass. I mean, you could, you had to be inhuman yeah. and not caring. Do towards you, other people. Do you think that the corporate world encourages narcissism? To win in the corporate world? Maybe. To a certain extent. I think yeah. it encourages lying to yourself. Lying to yourself. What do you mean? How do you mean? By, um, what do you mean like by? believing that you're doing... Believing that doing what's best for the company uh -huh. is... is also what's best for the human oh. that you're impacting. Yeah. Um, what's going to make Justifying the most, yeah. your decisions. Ah. I think it, it cre and you have to be able to justify those decisions in order to live with yourself. Yeah. And so. that's probably not healthy. It's not true. To, I mean, when I left corporate for the first year, I mean, I didn't even realize how exhausted I was right I mean from the you can never work <coughs> enough you'll never get caught up it's mm -hmm. just not gonna happen mm -hmm. you know so you can't you can't do it and it's not fulfilling because you're not doing anything that matters yeah. most of the time that you feel passionate about yeah or that you feel is contributing to anything that's for the greater good mm -hmm. you know it's only about making money mm -hmm. or saving money mm -hmm. for the for this company um, there's not any sort of mental reward for what you've done other than good job, yeah. you know, yeah. and, um, and once you start to be honest with yourself, you, you really, it creates like this gully of, man, I am not living authentically yeah. right now. Yeah. Do you think some people don't really need that? I think if they don't need it, they've convinced themselves they don't need it. Yeah. Or they're doing what I did, yeah. which was making it a means to an end. Yeah. I mean, I was, I figured corporate had used me, yeah. so I was going to use them. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and that's what I did well, for my last three years. I mean, yeah, that's the way. Yeah. So, and I, and I actually think a lot of people enter corporate with just that vision that I'm going to use them. And and if they do it that way, they're able to compartmentalize like that, then they can probably make it work. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. that um, if they have good boundaries and, you know, things like that, then, but I didn't. You didn't have good boundaries? 
I worked too much. Yeah. Yeah. I gave too much of myself because I got a lot of my um, self-worth yeah. from my work. You think a lot of people do? Yes. Yeah. I think a lot of men do. But women don't? Um, I don't think women as much. Mm-hmm. I think women in general get their get more of their self-worth from the other parts of their life. Like, women are more um, grounded, I would say, in general, with, you know, being a mother, being a... But but I gotta say, I mean, any of the women that I knew when I worked in corporate mm-hmm. who were also in corporate, mm-hmm. it was... Talk about a struggle with balancing, you know, working family mm-hmm. and work. It's impossible because... As a woman, you're still responsible for the brunt of the kids and the family. Mm-hmm. It, it's never 50-50, you know? Yeah. Um, never. Is that why they... Do you think they use that to justify not paying women as much still? Mm-hmm. Because they're not able to to give that 110% since I, they have domestic duties... Yeah, I think that there's a belief that probably women aren't going to, or, or they, there's there's still the old school belief of, well, he's got a family to support, mm-hmm. you know, and financially he's yes. responsible. And even if they know that the mom is a single mom, yeah. you know, right? Yeah. They they still don't recognize that. Oh, well, she's got a family to support yeah. too. Yeah. You know, right? They yeah. they think she's getting help somewhere or something. Yeah. And I think that because most of the men are doing the hiring, that they have a tendency to, they just still have a tendency to think men deserve more somehow. Mm. Because they're men. (laughs) Are you... Are you more satisfied with life now that you're not in corporate? Yeah. I I have never been happier. (laughs) What kinds of things are contributing to your happiness? Um... You know, for for the last couple of years, I've done a lot of Mm self-reflection and understanding, like, why did I need... Why did I need validation by being the top performer? Why did I, you know, what, what, how did this impact me? This event impact me? Why do I do this? Mm -hmm. Why do I respond this way? Mm -hmm. Um, And it, yeah, it's been a really, I think people should be doing that. And I do, and I have done that through my whole life. But in the last two years, I've spent a lot of time doing that. Mm. So, um, so why do you think you did need validation from what? Because I wasn't getting it anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> I, Cause, cause... I think we all need validation in some part of our life mm-hmm. in some way. Mm-hmm. And because I've been a single mom, I wasn't getting it from a spouse. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kids don't give you validation. <laughs> um, and they shouldn't. They shouldn't have to give you validation. That's not their job. So, um, so I and not having parents, you know, mm-hmm. and not having a support system right. in my life. Right. Um, I think that was the only place I got positive feedback. How would having something like the boys' club in a, a female version that help? would have helped a lot? Yeah. Because then I would have had a group of a, a support system mm-hmm. that was like. Girl, he's crazy, you know, or or dumbass. <laughs> you need to go in and tell him you need a raise. <laughs> you you know? go in there and you demand it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I was winging it the mm-hmm. whole. I mean, I was listening to all of my books and tapes and mm-hmm. things like that to improve myself, but. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a group of women I could talk to mm-hmm. about those things. You probably didn't have you probably didn't know very many other women who had the same kinds of aspirations that you did. Yeah, and if I did, they were handling it different. So when I was in leadership, there was there were still the women who were screwing their way to the top, oh. you know, right? Yeah. And um that isn't what I wanted to do, and there right. was also the perception that if you were being promoted, you probably were screwing someone to the top on your way up. Like you couldn't have. There's no possible way you they could have been justified in giving you that promotion. I mean, I feel like 
they wouldn't be taken seriously if that's if that was their approach. But apparently, that was a way to get to the top. It was. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was a way. I mean, I knew somebody who was an admin assistant who became a vice president. Okay. You know, by one promotion. Wow. You know, yeah. and um, so I know what happened. Yeah. You know, you know and, that's um, how she got it. Uh, uh, yes. Okay. Um, and I and it could be that she was deserving of it. Yeah. But think of all the other people who had been working their ass off for years trying to go up through the ranks. You know, um, who. Yeah. Who um yeah who couldn't you know yeah. and and um. Yeah, so it's, it's, and, and there was a tendency, you know, like I said, that if you were attractive, you were more likely to get promoted, mm-hmm. you know, right? So there was also a belief that if you were promoted, somebody liked you, hmm. you know, and... Um, you got to figure out who it is so you can... Well, they had to figure, everybody right. else was always trying to figure out who is it oh. who's promoting her, oh. you know, who is it, you know, don't, don't mess with her because so-and-so likes her, oh. you know, um, type thing. So, um, so there's the, the gossip and corporate politics. Sure. Look at Lumi. You've <laughs> <laughs> just been standing there like that. Like, I'm work. here, I'm here, I'm here. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> mm. Silly boy. <laughs> Hi, buddy. <laughs> he was trying to get through it. My legs were apart. <laughs> he does make me happy. Louie? Mm-hmm. Louie dog? He's probably one of the big reasons why I'm really happy here. Just having a dog? Yeah. There is something about... There is something about the love of... <laughs> I mean, seriously, the... It's a... You guys get to spend a lot of time together, too. And he just... That you wouldn't otherwise. Loves me unconditionally. Like, there's... <laughs> I have to... There are no requirements other than to feed him. <laughs> you know, I mean, he prefers a walk, you know, yeah. and, and I and he forces me to get out and walk. But yeah. there is something about actually there are there are studies around um people who have who are depressed, if they get a pet, mm-hmm. how that helps them get through their depression. Mm-hmm. Um so there's something about like the stroking, the mm-hmm. petting, mm-hmm. you know, that's why there's emotional um support dogs. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, hmm. so, and, and it, you had him before you, you quit BNSF though, didn't you? No, it's oh. not true. Oh. I got him in Louisiana. Oh, okay. Just so like you a were few still months before corporate. I moved here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just like six months before I moved here. Okay. I got him as a fuck you to CenturyLink. <laughs> <laughs> all right why <laughs> because you had to have a house with a dog no because they couldn't be in an apartment they wanted me to travel all the time oh. for work so you're like nope and no. other people wouldn't travel um because they had families or or whatever mm-hmm. but i was always traveling and i didn't mind because i was there by myself but they had promised me that i could move um after being there a year and then the person who had made the promise quit and so the company decided not to honor the promise Mm. and so I was angry my boss led me on for six months that I was going to get to do this Mm -hmm. and then finally one day he said quit asking me about it I don't want to hear about it again and so on that day I went and got Louis and because then I wouldn't be able to travel yeah you're like, I'm not traveling anymore. Yeah, sorry, I can't travel. I got a dog. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember when I told him I got a dog, mm-hmm. he said, interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Should have listened to me. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So. Do you think there's much, um, do you think that like the, the older generations are kind of like... Me? What? Like me? Older generation like me or older yeah, than me? Old, the like you like the men who were who you were working with, kind of that generation. Yeah. Do you think that they're kind of the end of that mindset? Do you think that the newer generations of men are coming in with different ideas and different attitudes towards women? I think it depends on where you are. Yeah. 
what what part of the country or yeah. what part of the world? I think it's a huge boost to have a female vice president in the White House. I think that's huge. For women in general. Yes. I think that's a huge step for us. Yes. Yeah. And also multiple organizations this year have named women as CEOs mm-hmm. at the same time. So um, I see a big shift in finally acknowledging that women can run companies, mm-hmm. can run businesses, and they're actually better at it, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and especially during a time where we need more empathy in the workplace, that we have all these different socioeconomic issues that are mm-hmm. hitting the workplace, women are better at doing that. Mm-hmm. Women are better at at um and I'm not just saying that statistically women are better at demonstrating emotional intelligence mm. and um and that's what they need more of now between black lives matter mm-hmm. movement and women's rights movements and and pandemic and just all the things we have in the workplace women are the best people to be in leadership right now because of their higher emotional intelligence yes hmm. And people are starting to catch on to that. What yeah, happened? I think they've always had the intellectual competence, right? But, but and they've always had the emotional intelligence, but they didn't the, get the value of emotional intelligence wasn't as great, uh, yeah. as it is when we're going through what we're going through right and now. And did they actually did they actually get the credit for having the same amount of intelligence, mental intelligence? I think not. Maybe not outwardly, but people knew it. I mean, you right. knew when there were smart women in the workplace. Right, but like know. we were talking about earlier, when women get questioned more on their on their skill set. Yeah, one of the things I mentioned to you the other day was that, you know, I felt one of the I felt like I had to have a higher education in order to get to the same place as a guy with a high school degree. Mm-hmm. Like I would have never even gotten a management position without having an advanced degree. Right. They wouldn't have even considered it, mm-hmm. you know, um, where I would work right alongside guys who had no degree mm-hmm. who were making twice as much as me. That would be so frustrating. You know, it was super frustrating yeah. for me. Yeah. So you had your master's. And yes. you're competing with men who have their high school, high school. diploma. Yeah. That would be so Who are now going back to school to get a bachelor's degree because the company is just now realizing that, okay, yeah, degrees are important for everybody. We're going to have to do something right. to, you know, level up the guys. Yeah. Yeah, who are making twice as much as the women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how do you think empathy in the workplace benefits the... The companies. How do you think empathy benefits companies? Well, let's just talk about the pandemic that we're experiencing right now. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't have somebody who has empathy Mm -hmm. for the mom who is trying to work from home, whose kids are also having to be homeschooled Mm -hmm. or alternatively having to be quarantined or Mm -hmm. sick, Mm -hmm. you know, whose husband is also working from home in the next room at the kitchen table, Mm -hmm. you know, and the chaos that they're going through and... Without empathy, you're not going to be understanding when they're on a conference call and a baby's crying in the background, Mm -hmm. you know. But how does that benefit the company to be understanding? It allows them to to retain those employees that are actually really great employees Mm -hmm. who are trying to deal with a life event that they could not have planned for, Mm -hmm. you know, and... um, uh, whether it's a and it could be a man with a baby crying in the background, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the case may be. But if you have a a person leading that team who's like rolling their eyes or having issue with the fact that you've got a a child crying and you're yeah. not as attentive, you know, in the workplace, I mean that just creates more stress yeah. on the family that's already stressed. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the spouse is even unemployed now, you mm-hmm. know, because of the pandemic. And so now they have less wages and, you know, and they're dealing with these things. Mm-hmm. So um, there's so much that it impacts. Or, or, or having the empathy, having empathy also with the employee who is having to take off multiple times because their parents are sick with COVID, you know, and... and you know, or hospitalized and one gets it and then the next and they're trying to manage that, you know, so they're having excessive absenteeism, 
you know, at the same time, but they're actually a great employee and always have been. And this is an event, you know, that is impacting them. Mm -hmm. If you add more stress to them because you're not empathetic, Mm -hmm. then you run the risk of losing that employee or them having, or them going, going to another company or having even more absenteeism because they're stressed out. Mm So you're trying to start a girls club with your funked you. <laughs> Is that what you're trying to do? Are you are you connecting the women to each other at all? I do want to have some sort of a social network. Okay. You know, um, I'm kind of struggling with that because I I uh, bailed on Facebook because I didn't believe in some of the policies that they were well, that's fine. using. And so use having a social network where they can interact yeah. and get to know each other, trying to figure out the best platform. I haven't thought that far ahead yet, but yeah, yeah I totally want them to have a, a space to, yeah. to um, interact. Nice. And of course, in all my speaking events that I'll be doing, that'll be to sold out crowds in the book <laughs> that I have coming soon. Um, uh, yeah, all these women will get to meet each other. Nice. All right. Well, I think I'm going to stop there. Thank you for sharing all your thoughts and um, experiences with me yeah thank you so much for asking me of course good luck on your podcast Angela thank you